this political coliseum, we slay the rising beast with the fateful sword of truth that transcends hypocrisy and censorship. It's time to unleash yourself from the tyrants of media propaganda on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. Welcome to Unleashed. This is today's political news hour with Dr. Ted Noel. I'm glad you could join me. Ronald Reagan is famous for one line. I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Oh, yeah. Those are the 10 worst words in the English language. Remember that. Anytime the government comes to help you, that's a bad sign. And we need to just ask Michael and Chantel Sackett. Now, this couple purchased property in 2004 in a development near Priest Lake, Idaho, and discovered that uh, they had some wet areas on the land and they needed to fill them with dirt in order to make it a good place to put their house. Now, I can share their concerns because I built a house one time here in Florida where part of the lot was muck. And we had to fill that area. Now, we weren't anywhere close to any streams or anything else. And as it turns out, neither were the sackets. I got off easy. I paid for dump trucks full of dirt. We filled the land. We built my house and so on. But they started filling the lot with dirt. And the Environmental Protection Agency told them that their property had wetlands and Filling those wetlands with dirt violated the Clean Water Act, which prohibits discharging pollutants into the waters of the United States. For those legalized, that's 33 U.S. Code 1362, parentheses 7. The EPA ordered the Sackets to restore the site back to its pristine, muddy state threatening them with a penalty of $40,000 for every day that they did not do that. Now, that's really a cool thing to do to people. Charge them huge amounts of money for them filling a muddy spot on their own lawn. Now, the argument that the EPA used was, well, they are waters of the United States because this muddy area, which had a little water, because you can't have mud without water, was next to a ditch, or it was actually wasn't next to it. It was somewhere close to a ditch. That's a really defined term. How much is close? And that ditch fed into a creek, and that creek finally fed into Priest Lake, which was a navigable intrastate lake. Notice intra, it's inside the lake. You can put a boat on it, so it's navigable. It wasn't connected with rivers in a way where you could run boats onto the rivers. It didn't, you know, forget about that. But they said it was a wetland. Now, anybody who lives in the southeast and visits the low country of Georgia or South Carolina knows what a wetland really looks like. 
those are areas where I'm sorry, even your hip waders typically don't help you. They're a major part of the ecosystem, early part of the food chain and so on. And that's a real ecosystem, you know, or it's, it's a real wetland. What they had was a mud, mud hole on their lot. So the Sackets went, wait a minute. And they sued and they went back and forth and back and forth in the federal courts until finally in 2002, the Supreme Court said that the Clean Water Act, under which the waters of the U.S. rule happened, only covered continuously connected waters leading to navigable waters. Okay? So even the ditch, which was dry a lot of the time, wasn't good enough. A creek, if it was running all the time into a lake, which was feeding all the time into a river, which was feeding all the time into rivers where you could run boats on them, then they could govern that. But Sackett's had a mud hole. And they were somewhere close to a dry ditch. That did not qualify. And the government was overreaching. This is a typical problem that comes. There were two federal agencies charged with enforcement of the Clean Waters Act, the Environmental Protection Agency and the Army Corps of Engineers. And what they had done was what bureaucrats always do. They reached farther and farther. The law of the bureaucrat, remember we said this before, says that the bureaucrat is the smartest person in the room. Congress is lazy. They tell somebody to form a group and you're going to take care of this problem. And the people who form the group, because Congress said they're the ones who have to do the job. Those people are necessarily the smartest people in the room because nobody else was smart enough to do the job. So they reach farther and farther. And they similarly defined the waters of the United States to broadly encompass, quote, all waters that could affect interstate or foreign commerce, not do affect, could affect. And this brings us to a lawsuit that was settled by the Supreme Court in 1942. Remember, this is early on in the New Deal territory. It's early in World War II. It's under FDR. And the suit is called Wickard v. Filburn. Basically, what happened was there was a farmer in California who grew wheat to feed his farm animals. And the state of California and the feds came in and said, no, you have to comply with a whole set of rules and prices and everything else. Long and complicated story. He said, why do I have to do that? I'm feeding my farm animals. They said, oh, no, it could affect interstate commerce. That's just the same thing that uh, happened here with the EPA and the Corps of Engineers. That mud hole on the Sackett property could affect the waters that might affect 
interstate or foreign commerce. So if you might do something that might have a problem or could conceivably somehow be connected, oh, yeah, you breathe, you put out CO2, so you have to be regulated as a pollutant. Yeah, I think it makes good sense. The problem is the law doesn't give them that kind of reach. And ultimately, Wickard v. Filburn is going to have to get turned over by the Supreme Court. But let's move on. A little more up-to-date stuff. Climate change. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change was formed in 1988 as a branch of the UN. It was supposedly set up to inform governments on climate issues, and we know that the IPCC gets quoted by lots of newspaper articles. It gets quoted by government people, and it gets quoted by that mentally deranged Scandinavian kid who spoke in front of the UN. And pleaded, you're killing me with whatever, you know, utter nonsense. So we have to say, what was it that they were worried about? Well, it turns out we know what they were worried about. And they put together a bunch of so-called experts, all of whom were in favor of government involvement in whatever. And there is a lovely newspaper article under the Associated Press byline by a fellow named Peter James Spielman in June 29, 1989. And he's quoting a senior UN environmental official saying that entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. Now, that strikes me as, uh, shall we say, overdoing it. So one has to ask, where did that come from and how well did it work out? Because that sort of yelling has been listened to greatly by governments. A newspaper, well, let's look at the first report of the IPCC. It says, we are certain of the following. There is a natural greenhouse effect which already keeps the earth warmer than it would otherwise be. Emissions resulting from human activities are substantially increasing atmospheric concentrations of the greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide, methane, chlorofluorocarbons, and nitrous oxide. These increases will enhance, they're absolutely certain of this, the greenhouse effect resulting on average in additional warming of the Earth's surface. The main greenhouse gas, water vapor. Oh, they at least got that right. It's not carbon dioxide. It's water vapor. Will increase in response to global warming and further enhance it. Um, how did that work out? It turns out that if you look at water vapor, it turns into what is called clouds. I think you know what those are. And clouds operate according to a complex dynamic system, which frankly, nobody can explain. We know parts of it. You heat an area with water, it will evaporate water, you will get rising air with water vapor in it, you'll form clouds. But when you get to the big system of the whole earth, 
not likely to be able to predict it. And frankly, people who deal with cloud science and cloud dynamics tell us anybody who tells you who, that they understand this right now is lying to you. It's too bloody complicated. And let's go to one more here. There is a claim that there is a doomsday glacier in Antarctica that was supposedly going away, and this was 10 or 12 years ago. Guess what? That glacier is now eight times larger than it was before. Every report of the IPCC has insisted that man is causing irreversible harm to the environment. These are predictions. Every one of them fails. Numerous scientists now are denying all of those claims because, frankly, they don't match the data. None of it is settled science. And instead of that, the government is here to help us by banning stoves, pushing EVs, banning cow farts, fertilizer, shutting down, drilling, pipelines, and so on. All of those actions promoting the climate change agenda make major profits for rich Democrats. After the break, we will talk about COVID. On America Out Loud News, remember, you can get articles, podcasts, and pertinent news, always the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers who always put God and country first. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free, Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today.
Welcome back to Unleashed. I'm Dr. Ted Noel. And while you're on America Out Loud, don't forget to visit our America Out Loud shop for the latest health resources and product innovations that may well enhance your life. Use the code OUTLOUD to get special discounts for our America Out Loud family. As I said, we will talk about COVID. And remember, the issue is, should we ever trust the government? Now, before we go ahead, please notice I am a retired physician. I spent 36 years in medicine. I'm board certified in anesthesiology, specialty trained in critical care medicine. That means, among other things, I understand an awful lot about how to manage sick patients. It also means that I know how to read medical studies. And this is crucially important as we look at COVID-19. Many people think COVID-19 is kind of like looking at Medusa. The moment you see Medusa, you turn to stone. It's completely different from that. Now, historically, in theory, there was a lab breach in 2019, and we know that there was a great effort to cover up the fact that it was a lab leak. And whether it was deliberate or unintentional doesn't matter. The fact was, it was a new virus, it was unknown, and it served the purposes of the deep state to induce panic. And remember the definition of panic. It is a sudden, unreasoning fear. Now, the first cases in the U.S. happened in Kirkland, Washington, in a nursing home, and it was almost certainly brought in by caregivers, staff members, family members. Any one of those could have brought it in. And what you have in the nursing home is recirculated air. And we knew by March of 2020, which was not long after the Kirkland, Washington nursing home outbreak, we had the Skagit Corral episode, also Washington State. And it was clear within a couple of days that there was no possibility that this was anything other than airborne transmission. Now, airborne transmission is a completely different animal from droplet or from contact. There are diseases that are spread by droplet and contact, and those are helped by hand washing and measures of the like. But we knew that from Skagit Corral, it was airborne, and those things don't do anything for airborne diseases. In April of 2020, there was a lovely study published about a restaurant in Guangzhou, China, which very, very clearly showed that it was spread by the air conditioning system. The You had one sick patient, Downwind of him, you had people get sick. Downwind of him, the air conditioning picked up the air, brought it back around, cooled it, and brought it back upwind from him. The net result was a couple of people upwind got sick. He got sick. Others at the table got sick, and people downwind got sick. People who were to the side did not get sick. 
This is typical. Airborne diseases are diseases of closed spaces and recirculated air. They are not transmitted outdoors. Which is one reason why when the PGA Tour said, you have to wear a mask if you're working the Bay Hill Tournament, I told them, have a nice day. I'm not working this year because there's no reason to wear a mask outdoors. And we now know that there have been zero cases confirmed spread outdoors. It's airborne. Ultraviolet light outdoors kills the viruses very quickly, and they get diluted in an infinite amount of air. And so there's not enough viruses getting to the next person standing there to cause any illness. Now, in the entire story here, we have to be very careful to point out who the two people are who destroyed America. Deborah Burks is the criminal. I'm going to say that again. Deborah Burks is the ultimate criminal. Anthony Fauci was nothing more than the court jester. But the scarf queen is the one who engineered everything. Mike Pence is his ultimate accomplice. Now, Scott Atlas points out that when he was in the task force meetings, he would lay down a whole bunch of studies and say, this study, say this, 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 and this, what you should do. And then when he was done, Pence would say, thank you. Then Deborah Burks would say, we need to do, and it was the complete opposite of what the studies said. She didn't give a damn about what the studies said. And Mike Pence said, fine. Behind the scenes, he told her to do whatever he, she wanted to do. And he gave her Air Force Two for her to travel to states and talk to the state officials about locking things down and the like. She is the criminal. Now, granted, Fauci's a criminal in the, in the sense that he was funding the gain-of-function research. But she has hidden in the shadows. She's the one who caused everybody to do lockdowns. They did everything opposite what Trump said. Trump's problem was he didn't follow up. And Pence is a deep stater beyond all belief. We dodged a huge bullet when he got no traction in the presidential primaries. He was never anyone who assisted Trump. He was anti-Trump all the way, and we now know it. The things that Burks recommended, hand sanitizer, masks. Um, hand sanitizer works for diseases that are spread by contact, not airborne diseases. Airborne diseases are things that are carried in the air and you breathe them in. The only thing you breathe in from hand sanitizer is the aroma. And if something's on your hands, it doesn't get loose into the air for somebody else to breathe. It, it's of no help. Masking. We have known at least since 2014 that masks have no effect on airborne diseases. And I did a demonstration on YouTube. Yet yeah, You can still find it. You just search for me and a demonstration of how masks, parentheses, don't work. And YouTube, for some reason, never took it down. 
And I do a demonstration using a vape showing how masks are completely worthless as source control. If a mask is good enough to filter, what happens is it's too hard to breathe through, so you breathe around it. And then there's two lovely demonstrations by Snoqualmie Marines using bear spray. And they are brilliantly designed, good demonstrations, how not only do masks not work for source control, they don't work for exposure control. We know this. We've known it since 2014. And yet Deborah Burks was saying masks, mask. And of course, the court jester was out saying, oh, maybe you should use two masks. And she was pushing social distancing. You got to stay six feet apart. Well, for airborne diseases, six feet apart doesn't do anything. The issue is, what kind of air are you in? Are you in fresh air, outdoors, sunlight? No problem. Are you in Costco, which has 40-foot ceilings and big, big volume of air? Not a big deal. Uh, it's the recirculated air in the closed space that's the problem. The nursing home, which has one air conditioning system, and all the air goes in through it and back out, that's how it gets spread to everybody. They breathe it. They get sick. They are the ones who are at risk. Social distancing. Anthony Fauci admitted finally that um, that was pulled out of their nether regions and never had any science at all. Yet Fauci goes out there and says, I am science. No, you're an incompetent virologist. You're a bureaucrat. And Burks is a bureaucrat. Her job was to promote the bureaucracy as the ultimate authority. A bureaucrat, remember, according to the law of the bureaucrat, is the smartest person in the room. The bureaucrat can never be challenged. Trump should have fired her, should have fired Fauci when he found out they were saying things contrary to what the science said. But no, he couldn't bring himself to do it. And he should have told Fence, Pence to fire them. But no, he didn't. Of course, Burks is the one who engineered lockdowns. We already knew from the Spanish flu back in the 1910s that lockdowns didn't work. She's the one who cooked up the travel ban. Well, you know, that almost sounded good. But by time we had disease here in the U.S., tra banning travel from China wasn't going to do any good. I mean, it sounded good, but, you know, there it's already here. How are you going to stop it? And it was in Italy. We knew it was in Italy and in Europe in big, big numbers. Travel ban could not do any good because it was already here. And of course, we had to do testing. And this is where things really got bad. The test that they used, which is the RT-PCR, is a test where you take a sample and then you use various biologic tricks to reproduce whatever the DNA or RNA material is and have it reproduced multiple times. Now, the people who invented the test said once you've gone past about 25, maybe 30 doublings at the most, anything else is what's called a false positive.
That means you get a positive answer, even though it's not really positive. And the RT-PCR never told you if somebody was sick. That was a question of whether they had a fever, whether they had any other symptoms. But they insisted, no, go ahead and do it. And when 25 was the scientific limit, they said, do 40 repetitions. Well, it turns out that when you do that many cycles, a glass of water will test positive. You just simply can't do that. And of course, ultimately, we want the vaccine, which is a whole separate issue. Remember, I am from the government and I'm here to help you. Well, it turns out the vaccine is deadly on its own. There are lots of issues there. We probably don't have time to talk about that today. But Burks had the mantra, every case is a killer. And that's completely false. They said, well, it has a 3% mortality rate. No, it doesn't. And it never did. Scott Atlas's group out at the Hoover Institute did some studies, and they found the case for t- mortality rate was no worse than seasonal flu. No worse than seasonal flu. That means you shouldn't have any real big-time ongoing concerns with this. But no, Burks decided that we couldn't have a single case. And that's why right now when they talk about, oh, we're having some COVID cases again. One, are we having COVID cases? We are having COVID positive tests. But it isn't the disease that originally came from China. Oh, no, schools are incubators. We knew from the very beginning that school-aged children had almost zero risk. They just weren't going to get sick. They weren't going to pass it on. The people who got sick were the elderly and infirm. Unless you had risk factors like obesity, diabetes, and the like, you really didn't have much risk. And nobody under the age of 50 had any serious risk at all. But no, no. We're going to shut down the schools. And so basically, we have in some places two years of school loss and immeasurable harm done to our children by Deborah Burks. She is the criminal. And she had the mantra that said, we have to have zero cases at any cost. That's garbage. Life does not have zero mortality. Every person who has ever breathed air has died. It's just the way it is. Life has mortality. So they lied about mortality in case numbers, and then they ignored mutations. There's a phenomenon with viruses. It's well known. Anthony Fauci knew it, I'm sure, but it didn't serve his purposes to bring it up. He's a bureaucrat. He has to be the smartest person in the room. It's called Muller's Ratchet. And Muller's Ratchet says every virus mutates. And there's a real reason for it. Viruses, like every other infectious agent, prosper when they can infect more hosts. The more hosts you can infect, the more you can spread. And 
they, as a result, change from somewhat lethal agents, which kill hosts, leaving fewer hosts to spread, to less lethal forms, which can infect more hosts. That is, they become more infectious. Well, that led Burks and Fauci to go out and say, oh my God, this is more infectious. Yeah, it is. It's also less lethal. And by time we actually got a vaccine in the beginning of 2021, the disease for which the vaccine had been created did not exist. You heard me right. It did not exist, but the government could not allow us to know that. Now, here's what's going on. We have to ask the question, who benefits? Well, all of the people in the FDA are going to get some benefits because remember, you work the FDA a while, now you can go work for a big drug company. And how many billions of dollars were there for the drug companies? Oh, yeah. So the vaccine was a gold mine for drug companies. It was a gold mine for Fauci because he owned some patents. He owned a patent on remdesivir, which didn't work for COVID and didn't work for AIDS, which is, or for uh, Ebola, which was the disease that was originally created to help. Okay. Ultimately, we have God knows how many steps in mutation now. We don't have a bad problem. We have a disease that's just another common cold. And frankly, remember that there are three common cold viruses that are coronaviruses. So COVID-19 literally has become the fourth common cold virus. And it does not work. It actually, the, the vaccine actually makes things worse. And when we have time, we'll talk about all of that. But remember, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. I am the ex smartest person in the room. Therefore, you must do as I say. Instead of using the proper approach, which was to protect high-risk people. Oh, yes. The second step is protect high-risk people keep the schools open, and then repurpose old drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Well, what happened then? Oh, as soon as somebody tried to get ivermectin, human ivermectin suddenly disappeared. Pharmacists wouldn't fill it because, well, they were told by the CDC and the FDA not to fill it. And so people went out and they found the paste that was used for horses to deal with their uh, parasites, and you figured out how much to take and put on, and they didn't always get the right amount. So some people had some problems. And so the FDA comes off with the Twitter post, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, so stop it. When the right answer was, leave ivermectin on the market. They just can't allow people to solve problems. We knew by the middle of 2020 that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in combination therapy with azithromycin and zinc were highly effective at stopping COVID, 
highly effective. We now have over 430 studies that show that. But what's happened? Doctors have lost their licenses. Hospitals won't allow their doctors or captive doctors to prescribe it still. And what did hospitals do? Oh, they continued to do the high-end testing because everybody who tested positive gave a hospital another $12,000. If for some reason, let's say they had a bad auto accident and they had to go to the ICU for all of their injuries and they tested positive, they got $36,000 extra because of the positive test. You begin to see what's going on here. The bureaucrats created a system that fed the bureaucrats. It didn't do anything to help Americans. And literally, it is likely that a million Americans were killed by Deborah Burks. You heard me right. Killed by Deborah Burks. No, she didn't pull out a gun and shoot each one of them. But what she did was to set up the situation where hospitals and doctors could not treat patients properly. And that is just the same as pulling out the gun and pulling the trigger. After the break, we'll come back and talk about the government shutdown. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with HealRight. HealRight is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, HealRight is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OutLoud for 20% off. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein. 
from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to Unleashed. I'm Dr. Ted Noel. It is of particular importance that the Supreme Court has decided to take up the case arising out of Jack Smith's prosecution of Donald Trump for January 6 activities. Now, Donald Trump is claiming that as president, he is utterly immune from all prosecutions having to do with things that are within the perimeter of his duties. In other words, if it's plausibly something that a president should do, he should never be sued in criminal court for it. He already has civil immunity for it. This would only be one step farther, but the Supreme Court has never ruled on this, so it makes really good sense for this to happen. The left has gone ballistic over it because it wiped out Jack Smith's attempt to get him into court by March 4, so he would be in court for months instead of out on the campaign trail. And that's really the big argument they've got. I'm not going to go through the legal arguments there. That's a different question. But we have another big legal, or I should say, political cloud looming over things. And that is a government shutdown. Oh, my goodness. What would we do without the government? Yeah, you got it right. That's about how important it is. Most of the government we could do without. Uh, Remembering Ron Paul, who was Rand Paul's father, when he was congressman, said if he was elected president, he would uh, fire all the White House employees except for the 16 essential ones, you know, instead of the hundreds they have. That may have been overstating the case a little bit, but frankly, there's not much that's important out there. And when we look at things, you start and say, well, let's look at some. Uh, In 1935, the Natural Resource Conservation Service was set up, has 12,000 people in it, $3.5 billion over five years. So it's not quite a billion dollars a year. That does nothing good for nobody. The Rural Electrification Administration, also created in 1935, was supposed to help bring electricity to rural areas. Uh, we don't need that. U.S. Geological Survey established. You see, a lot of this is part of the Department of the Interior, which, frankly, there is not much use for. Um, U.S. Geological Survey was established in 1979 to catalog the geology and mineral resources of the U.S. It still gets close to a billion dollars a year. Uh, we don't need them. We don't need their fancy maps showing every gopher hole in the country. The Rural Housing Development Service, loans for rural residents during the Depression. Well, guess what? Another billion there. You begin to get the idea. There's a bunch of these. Small Business Administration created in 54. 
You know, we don't need the SBA. It's another bureaucracy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Corporation for Public Broadcasting, we need to get rid of them. And the easiest way is to say, guys, you're on your own. Have fun. Have fun. You just don't get any taxpayer money. And no, we're not defunding Big Bird. We're just simply saying you don't need to have government money. End of the, the story. There are a bunch of others where we look at it and say, okay, who else could we get rid of without anybody noticing? Oh, well, let's start with the Department of Education. $79 billion a year. It probably has about 250 essential employees, and those are the ones who are servicing the existing student loans. That's it. We don't need anybody else. Education should be local. Federal government's got no business being involved in it. The Environmental Protection Agency, well, that sounds good. They get over $8 billion a year. And uh, remember... They're the people who in 2015 caused a blowout at a mine in Colorado, turning one river mustard yellow and contaminating three states with heavy metals. That was the EPA did that. That should be wiped out. Frankly, the EPA has almost no benefits. We've got things clean enough and they're saying, oh, we need uh, tighter particulate rules because of asthma. Bull hockey. They have no data to show that it makes any difference. Because they say it says so, doesn't mean it is so. No, these people are classic bureaucrats, always reaching to control more and more and more. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services, this is a biggie. They have among other things, the National Institutes of Health, which has a budget of 42 or $43 billion a year. As you learned from our last segment, the NIH lies to us. And when it's done lying, it lies some more. If you were to search for good things that the National Institute of Health has done, you'd be searching long and hard because, frankly, it has no good things in it. It should be shuttered completely. One of the things it does, it's extremely bad, is that about half of the research grant money in the United States comes from the NIH. And who gets that research grant money? People who cook up studies that are going to support current NIH orthodoxy. So for example, if we were to do a study, let's say, oh, let's do something I know something about, guns. Gary Kleck at the University of, or Florida State University did a review, I think it was Gary Kleck, uh, where he did by means of surveys, he examined how many people used private firearms to prevent crime in a given year. And it turns out the number runs somewhere between one and two million. You can't give a high confidence number because survey data, selection criteria, you know, you, you know, all of the stuff involved there. But the fact is, he found that the use of firearms by civilians was far more frequent than by police. 
oh, we couldn't have that. So back years ago, after that came out, the CDC said, let's do our own study. Let's set it up and do it right. And they did it and discovered that Kleck was right. So they buried the study and said, we've got to figure out a different way to do it. And they repeated the study and got the same result and buried it. And Stephen Hallbrook stumbled across it when he was looking for something else. It was there. It was accessible on the CDC website, which it was buried through all sorts of uh, twists and turns to get there. The result of that study was not favorable to the gun control argument. It turns out that true gun control is being able to hit your target. It's not getting rid of guns, taking our right to defend ourselves away. But out of that $42 billion, there's $20 billion or more in grants. We should immediately remove their ability to make grants for scientific studies because it is necessarily political. If the CDC is going to exist at all, or the NIH, it really needs to be nothing more than a public health agency where when an epidemic shows up, they are able to review the data to give us information on how it got passed along. For example, COVID, that it's airborne. They should have no other function than that. And perhaps, well, we'll give them credit for saying they can have some research labs that allow them to do specialized testing that state-level labs might not spend the money to get the equipment for. You know, little things like that, but nothing more. And all of that can be done for a few million dollars a year, not $42 billion, which is bigger than the budgets of a whole bunch of different states. NIH needs to be abolished as a real answer. Uh, the Internal Revenue Service needs to be cut way back. And remember, on the issue, do they tell you the truth? If you call the IRS and do manage to get a real person on the phone and you say, here's what I've got, and you share the data back and forth, and they say, okay, here's what to do. And even if you've recorded the call, guess what? They're not bound by what they told you. They can still take you to court for whatever reason they want. So it should be taken way down. And the best way to manage it is, frankly, to do the fair tax, which is nothing more than a sales tax on retail sales to the final consumer. You wipe out the income tax, the fair tax of about 23%. And, um, you know, you'd fund the government pretty nicely with that and without all of the IRS crap. Uh, there are a number of others here. We've talked about the Interior Department, the Education Department, wipe it out, Energy Department. Oh, yes. What does the federal government have to do with energy? Well, there may be a little segment of it that's involved with funding, or I should say managing lease uh, paperwork 
on petroleum, coal, and whatever else leases, you know, drilling permits and the like. I suppose that makes some sense. And the Nuclear Regulatory Commission probably makes some sense. But the rest of it, stuff it. There shouldn't be any permitting on most of what goes on. Um, Health and Human Services, it runs Medicare, Medicaid. We've talked about it in the CDC and NIH. By the way, Medicaid should be wiped out, and it runs the FDA. The FDA refuses to let data out, even though courts have told it it has to. And there's something called the Freedom of Information Act, and our bureaucrats routinely ignore it. And frankly, anybody who just stonewalls a FOIA should be fired. End of story. So those should go away. Uh, Medicaid, that's another program that needs to wipe out. The Oregon Medicaid experiment proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that having health insurance does not improve health. You got it right. Not having health insurance doesn't make you sicker. So Medicaid should be wiped out. Let the states figure out how they're going to handle their poor people. Don't do it all one size fits all from D.C. Housing and urban development. Uh, Why do we need that? Urban areas are where Democrats run things into the ground. They declare themselves sanctuary cities. They let criminals out of jail. No. Housing and urban development needs to go away. It funds projects in mismanaged Democrat-run cities. It should just go away. Um, Oh, Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Yeah, Big Bird, you're good. There's a whole lot of stuff there. And frankly, when we get right down to it, the question is, what would be harmed by a government shutdown? The answer is nothing. And frankly, most of the time, government shutdowns end up being a paid vacation for the government workers, because once the shutdown is over, they get paid. We have to ask, why in the world is that? If any of us are in a job that goes, you know, where you go on strike, unless you have a strike fund out there, you don't get paid. If you're on a contract and the contract goes away, You don't get paid. Run the list. There is no reason on God's green earth why federal employees should get paid when they weren't working. You want to get paid, you get there and you work for longer hours. Make up the time you were gone. But that should be the only choice. But what else? How many people actually have Anything bad happened to them when the government shuts down? Very, very few. I won't say none, but there are not very many. And frankly, we should shut the government down. Because most of it is harmful. There is nothing good about it. As Ronald Reagan said, the 10 worst words in the English language are, I'm here from the government, and or I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. That's horrible. You know, it's protect your women and children. You know, put on your body armor. Those people are not here to help you. 
Those people are here to enhance their own power. That's what they're all about. You know, why does the IRS need guns and ammunition? It does not. Frankly, most of these agencies that have guns and ammunition should have them taken away. The only federal agency that should have guns and ammunition is the U.S. Marshals Service, and they should be serving all of the arrest warrants and, and the like. Uh, FBI, eh, maybe, I suppose, but that's it. None of the others should have anything that resembles a firearm, and yet we find these agencies are stocking up on guns and ammunition. You have to wonder, if the government is good for us, why is it that they're afraid we're going to resist them? Now, I really wonder about that. Could it be they understand that we don't like what they're doing in any fashion? And as a result, they have to be careful because when they come knocking, we may find them unlawfully on our property and things could get very unpleasant for them. Until next time, I'm Dr. Ted Noel. Remember, spread the news about America Out Loud articles and podcasts. Be active patriots who make a difference. Let's do everything we can to keep the truth alive. Remember, it's the message that matters. Let's unleash the truth.